0: You're listening to Our Two Cents with the team from SGL Financial, building wealth for life. Steve Lewitt is the president of SGL Financial and Gabriel Lewitt is the CEO. They're here to discuss all the latest in financial news, trends, strategies, and more. Hey everybody, welcome back to Our Two Cents. Gabriel Sense, and Steve Sense. we're here for you. The other sense is here. (laughs) <laughs> we are uh, excited to talk to you here today. We've got, of course, a great show lined up for you. And can you believe it's already August?
1: No, I can't. I, I you know, I, I wrote the date down yesterday, and I'm writing August second. I think it was yesterday or the third. Yeah. And it's like, are you kidding me? There's football tonight. Uh,
0: well, the uh, Bears preseason starts, I think, in a week and a half or two right. two it's weeks. Like,
1: gosh darn! Which man. is awesome, even I'm, though our
0: offense is going to be terrible.
1: Well, who cares about the Bears?
0: Everybody cares about the Bears, of course. Who cares about the Giants? I care about the <laughs> Giants, <laughs> folks. We have a we have a Giants fan in our midst in Chicago land.
1: You no know, also a Bears fan. Uh, I give them equal time. The Giants are horrible. They're worse than well, the Bears.
0: I will bet you the Bears could rival them for who will be worse this year <laughs> well, for for a long time, <laughs> maybe.
1: Right? No. Oh gosh.
0: Well, hope you're doing great and uh, enjoying the last waning. Weeks of your August summertime here before kids go back to school and grandkids go back to school and all that good stuff, but uh, we've got some interesting things f- coming from the news. Oh my! Recently,
1: gosh. yeah, a big uh, Inflation Protection Act. Not for- <laughs> inflation. Oh, we did. You did we were- that. You did that to me. Sorry, just- folks. I'm
0: laughing because before <laughs> before the show we were talking about the. Inflation reduction act that we're gonna talk about here, and I accidentally call it the Inflation Protection Act. And I picked up on it. Right.
1: <laughs> Folks, you see the influence my son has over me. He puts oh words he puts <laughs> words right into my mouth. Well we're
0: gonna talk about the Inflation Reduction Act Thank you. that's being proposed and maybe voted on here very soon. And then we're gonna to talk to you a little bit about going against the grain yes. with financial advice. Yes. And should you should you not? Those kinds of questions. Or should you maybe? Should you maybe? And what are the grains that you can go against? <laughs> we're, uh, we're really off to a bad start. No, this off to a great start today, <laughs> I think. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and dive in. So it was July 27th was the day here just about a week ago that the Democrats, uh, Senate Democrats, I should say, released legislative text for the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 uh, that they're looking to get passed. And they're hoping to schedule a vote for that here in the first full week of August, which is, uh, well, actually, by the time you receive this podcast, will be the end of the first full week. Mm -hmm. So we'll find out if they vote on it this week or if it's going to be next week. Yes. But what is this thing, Dad? This is a a big piece of legislation that's being proposed with a lot of ranging impacts from naturally, if you hear the title, uh, the goal is inflation, uh, it was one of the goals, but there's other things packed in there, actually very wide ranging. And uh, it could have some serious impacts for you as a retiree in some positive ways. And folks, I just want to comment because we always aim to be uh, politically neutral on our show. so we'll we're not coming at this from a uh, a political angle in any way, shape, or form. But we do want to talk to you about the things that could very much impact you, whether you're a fan of this or not a fan of this. I, I don't care about that. I just want you to know,
1: if it does get passed, how might it impact you? Well, the interesting thing about the Inflation Reduction Act is that I got, got it right. You got it. I keep wanting to say protection, uh, is that it? it's projected to actually increase Inflation through the year 2024, and then <laughs> well, and then reduce it. Well,
0: I would say I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say the Democrats would agree with that. The right. ones that proposed it, but there's been some independent studies already on the projected impacts of this, and some are saying you might see a slight increase, uh, and we'll we'll get back to that, followed by
1: more permanent decrease. Yeah, the best study I've seen is from uh, the Wharton School, Penn 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 State Wharton. Uh, I forget what they call it, P.W. something, something. <laughs> I think you're referencing the uh, Penn Wharton budget model. Yeah, I like that. Wharton always comes out, and they're politically neutral, so I like what they write. And uh, they gave a good summary. It, you know, the, folks, this is extremely complicated act. Uh, it's very hard to understand what's going on, even, and I, it's even harder to understand how they're going to implement it. Uh, but, you know, it's got the extension of the ACA. Yeah, so... I'm, I'm talking in my microphone. <laughs> you keep leading away from it. <laughs> uh, folks, can you hear me okay? I can uh, hear you. Perfect. Everybody vote in. Uh, so they extend the ACA, uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, they do some things for small businesses. They're supposed to raise enough revenue uh, and spend less so that they actually reduce the federal budget, which would really be something different for a change. Uh, but it is very complex. The one that caught my attention was they're going to tax book income in corporations. Mm. Now, folks, a lot of big corporations like Amazon and Nike do not pay federal income taxes. What they do is they, they book income into their uh, statistics at the end of the year, but there are no taxes on it because it's undistributed income. So the this act says we're going to tax that and the effects of that are really unknown at this point. But that's a be- to me, that's a very big deal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So let's walk through in some detail here. That's a very good initial synopsis there, Pops. And uh, we'll, we'll dive in, into some of these step-by-step here to just unpack those a little bit. Uh, I thought it was interesting as I was reading through this that it, it, there didn't seem directly, <laughs> despite the title being the Inflation Reduction Act, it's a little unclear how it directly aims to reduce inflation. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that, yeah, you know, at least in theory, are supposed to do that. But you know, let's pick one of these first. okay? I think the biggest one, especially for you out there being pre-retirees or retirees, is the extension of the expanded ACA subsidies. This is a big deal. Big deal, yes. Okay, so folks, what is this? Well, you may or may not be aware that if you're on the ACA plan, the Affordable Care Act plan uh, for health care, that there are things called PTCs, premium tax credits, that you can qualify for depending on your income. Now, prior to the pandemic, you could not qualify for premium tax credits if your income was above a very uh, hard uh, 400% above the poverty line level cliff okay if your income was above that you got zero credits it wasn't a phase out it wasn't a little less little less little less it was nothing all or nothing okay you are either in that uh, phase out uh, or, or range or or none well so then the pandemic came around and they ex- they actually extended that cliff to a more gradual phase out uh, for much higher levels of income, so it could impact a tremendously wider range of people. And this turned out to be very popular. Very. <laughs> okay. <laughs> very you popular. Know, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about being $1 over the cliff and getting no credits. You can be a slightly higher income earner, still earn some credits. And so I have many, many clients. I just had a meeting yesterday with a, a couple that's 57 years old and looking to retire and worried about the prices of their health care, and they would not qualify for the premium tax credits if this cliff was re-enabled. Mm-hmm. So this could directly save them uh, tens of thousands, thousands of dollars, thousands of over bucks. over no, six no, no. seven years of being on the ACA plan. Yeah, yep, yep. So so this is a really big deal, this one, uh, and I think it benefits everybody, regardless of uh, political affiliation. If you like saving money on your health care,
1: yes, and in that. Uh, to an addendum to that, how do, how do I say that? An addendum or a continuation piggyback? A piggyback on that <laughs> would be that they have finally, and this is really incredible to me, they finally allow Medicare to negotiate drug prices. Mm. It's like before they couldn't negotiate a drug price, it's like how do you how are you in business and unable to negotiate a drug price? And that's another big deal. I'm curious to see what the effects of that are. I think it's going to be big time on helping people save uh, quite a bit well, of money. You, and this is a new point. This isn't related to the you're talking not about the premium tax credit subsidies. Just you're that's just saying another point. Another point of in, the inflation in, reduction. In the Act. inflation reduction. Yeah. So reduction are the prescription
0: Act. drug price reforms? Yes. Is is key point uh, number two here? Uh, which you which you said to reiterate, Medicare can now negotiate the price of certain prescription drugs. And limits Medicare and commercial price growth of certain drugs to inflation. In other words, they can't jack up the prices way above the rates of inflation. They're going to have some caps on how much prices can increase in cost. And, you know, relate, uh, let's see, I'm not even I'm 100% familiar with what this is, but repeals the implementation of a, a rebate rule that was scheduled to increase drug-related outlays beginning in 2027. So they're getting rid of that. So somebody was getting a rebate
1: that would add to the prices. Yep, yep. Uh,
0: so it also helps cap out-of-pocket costs. It, it wasn't
1: you or me, by the way. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't anybody <laughs> of you out there yeah, either. You and weren't. it says
0: it's redesigning the Medicare Part D benefit formula to cap out-of-pocket costs for beneficiaries. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so – Right out the gate, guys, you'll see these first two things, little less about inflation. I mean, some benefits there to lower the rates of cost increases on certain um, medications, for example. Uh, but these are valuable benefits, I would argue, for all retirees out there, uh, lowering your Medicare costs and giving you subsidies for the ACA plan if you're thinking
1: about retiring prior to being on Medicare. Yes, one of the things they stuck in here was an unbenefit. And is that uh, the right word, an unbenefit? because they, uh, apport, they portioned out $80 billion over the next decade for IRS enforcement.
0: All right, point number three, <laughs> IRS enforcement, yes. So, yeah, you may or may not worry about this. <laughs> Hopefully you're one in the camp that you're not worried about this. If you have to worry about the IRS enforcing uh tax regulation on you then you you probably won't be a fan of this bill because they're adding 80 billion dollars over the next decade to enhance irs enforcement activities including hiring more auditors uh
1: modernizing the it system and helping with taxpayer services. Well, I hope they can get some tax refunds out while they're at that. Everybody's (laughs) still, so many people are still waiting to get their refunds. Well, they're understaffed. uh, Exactly. Yeah, so they, you know,
0: they need this in some ways. In some ways. But the idea here is that this would generate approximately $80 billion or more, obviously to cover more than the costs that they're going to put into this in made-up tax revenue that's missing. Right, So I think there was another study here that said, hold on one second, I've got it somewhere because I've got some sheets here on this. I don't have it all memorized, folks. All right. I'm very well, disappointed. Here we go. I'm disappointed. Uh, they, ge- they expect that the $80 billion they put into the IRS uh, enhancements, enhanced enforcement would generate approximately $124 billion in revenue. So wow. That's that's
1: good. That is good,
0: right? So well, spend eighty to
1: make one uh, twenty-four. So kind of, it's kind of a rock and a hard place. You know, we don't want to see taxes go up, uh, but if taxes don't go up, the deficit goes up, and things don't get done. And like it or not, there are many loopholes in the tax system, and what they're trying to do is close those loopholes and find the people that are frauding the American well, public. Well,
0: when you say taxes go up, I think that's one of the things to mention here is that the the tax increases here being proposed on by and large according to the official memorandum as well as what you're reading out there folks should not impact you if you are well under four hundred thousand dollars of income or don't own a business Uh, these are things that are designed to impact hedge funds predominantly impact uh, giant giant corporations Corporations, that are not paying uh, income taxes uh, sufficiently or find all sorts of loopholes to evade paying those taxes uh, so, you know, what are some of the counter arguments? Well, some people say, well, they're just going to find ways of, you know, increasing prices then, mm-hmm. right? If they have to pay more in taxes, they'll just increase their prices, and, and uh, that'll, that'll actually increase inflation. Uh, there could be some truth to that. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a giant ripple effect with everything here, and if, if you know you have to pay more in taxes, uh, you might raise your prices. But, but remember, folks, you know, prices are still driven by supply and demand, Right, Just because a company raises their prices doesn't mean you automatically are going to agree with it and pay for everything. They've got to factor in, will will someone buy this, good or service, if I raise the prices?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I was thinking that, too. Everyone thinks, well... I'm um, a big company, and I've got a, a, a tax increase. So I'll just pass that on to my clients. Yeah, yeah. They consumer. have tar- they
0: have target profit margins, but if a if a consumer won't pay the price of the item because they want to keep their profit margin, they get they have a decision to make whether or not they yeah, exactly. So uh, at the
1: end of the day, although we don't feel that way, but we're in control on what we buy and what we don't buy, and it's kind of like voting for the president. You know, we feel our vote might not count but it does count mm-hmm. and in corporate in the corporate world you can drive what corporations do or don't do through your buying habits and i i know some people that are really serious about that yeah i mean they won't buy anything that has well you know kills a cow or they Yeah won't buy i mean anything. it's kind
0: of like too i mean on the on the aggregate you may not feel like uh, if you recycle it does much because it's just one little one tiny little bin But if if millions and millions of people recycle their tiny little bins, it it starts to add up. And uh, so interesting. Okay, there's another key provision here. There is a holdout on this, uh, if you were reading the news with uh, Senator Manchin, about uh, climate and energy provisions. Well, apparently they figured that out. uh, According to this, there will be some tax rebates and credits to lower energy costs for households, uh, tax credits, research loans, and grants to increase Domestic manufacturing capacity for wind turbines, solar panels, batteries, and other essential components of clean energy production and storage, and then some tax credits to reduce carbon emissions and programs to reduce the environmental impact of agriculture
1: and more. Folks, when Gabriel says "figure this out," that uh, that's code for they made a political deal of some kind. <laughs> we don't know what. we don't. We don't know we we don't what, know what it is, is, but they figured it they, out. But he was dead set against this, and yeah. all of a sudden he's dead uh, set for it. So there's yeah. some deal that took place.
0: Yep. So so yeah. So there's there's lots going on here, and, and like we said before, the Penn Wharton budget model here is projecting. Uh, that the Inflation Reduction Act, as written, would reduce the deficits by uh, $248 billion, a little less than the $300 billion being promoted. Mm-hmm. And then the, they, they're predicting, this is what you were mentioning earlier, predicting a slight increase in inflation increase until 2024 and then would decrease inflation thereafter. Okay. Yeah,
1: so the Fed has a lot to say about that too because if the Fed keeps raising interest rates, that will temper that inflation However, the, the problem with there is it could slow the economy, which is what a lot of people are talking about today. Are we really in a recession or aren't we really in a recession? Yeah. Well,
0: and I think you got to, you know, be a little cautious of the, the formal talking points here. I mean, I'm looking at the, the formal ones from the, uh, the Democratic Party here. Uh, historic deficit reduction to fight inflation. Well, the deficit reduction itself it may or may not have that big of an impact on inflation, but I do things, things like capping medical cost increases, um, trying to create you know, alternative sources of energy could lower the dependence on oil, which could help to fight some of the, the, the pain at the pump. But, that, but that's exactly why they're saying this could take some time because yeah. these, aren't, these aren't things that are going to happen immediately. And look, a and,
1: and look, this has very controversial elements to it. Yeah. There are a lot of people that don't believe in climate change. You know, they say that the Earth is just going through a cycle, and all these dry spells. And uh, I was reading, uh, who what uh, river was it is almost empty, and they're stopping commercial traffic. Did you read? Did you mm, read that? I did not. Some big famous river uh, it wasn't the Mississippi, but you know, climate has changed, and whether that's a cycle in the life of the earth or that's something that we can control a lot of people don't know yeah that's true how how would we so they see this in this bill and they say i don't want to vote for that in
0: the uh, span of a few billion years of this planet being around our 2000 plus year (laughs) (laughs) human history is a very small blip on the radar so
1: i was looking at the pictures of the Webb telescope Yeah, have you seen any of those Uh, of of the outer? Oh my gosh! So this is this. The other telescope was the Hubble, Mm -hmm. where we got great pictures. But this one is all the way out in outer space, and the and you got pictures of the universe in outer space. You know, different uh, constellations, and you can see them all. There's like hundreds of them. You know, we think we think we're the center of the universe, and it's uh, well, we're not center center of the universe. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I don't know <laughs> either. In fact, it's there's there's, f- there's a connection here somewhere, <laughs> folks. Fol- folks, but,
0: if I can jump in, it's funny because sometimes when Steve, had, we have team meetings in the in the office, <laughs> and Steve's uh, claim to fame is if he joins a meeting. Somehow, in the midst of that meeting, we're going to start talking about
1: the universe. Well, here's why. You talked about, you <laughs> talked about time. You talked about time. So I'm looking at a picture of, of the light took 13 billion years to get here. You know, that's, so I'm looking at a picture of something that's 13 billion years old today and because you were talking about time. That is I, very cool. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? I'm a
0: big fan of the popular mechanics magazines because you always Do, they, do they, they still have Oh, yeah. They, they, they say all sorts of cool stuff. In
1: I didn't know it was even
0: still oh, yeah. in. I love that. It's one of yeah. my favorites. All mm-hmm. 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 All right, guys. Well, that gives you a little update on the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 that's proposed. We'll see what happens or we'll know what happens by the time you listen to this, if it gets uh, voted in. There's still some uncertainty because there's... Um, obviously likely to be party line boats and it's a pretty tight race as to whether or not it'll get passed, but stay tuned guys, because if it does get passed, so uh, we'll circle back and we'll reconfirm how this will impact you and when, but, uh, certainly if you are a retiree out there, th- uh, that's not making more than $400,000 a year. Um, there are some, some distinct benefits in here that could actually be very positive for you financially all other things aside
1: even for folks out yeah. of making more money i mean if they can reduce the budget if we can help climate if you believe in that those are ancillary benefits for everybody yeah
0: yeah so so that's our first topic here for today if you have questions on that uh, how it might impact you or anything give us a call 847 or go to sglfinancial.com click contact us And uh, we can, of course, always help you with anything related to your
1: planning or your retirement or investing. But we are not done yet for today. No, I I just want to add, Gabriel, folks, if this was boring for you because you're not a technical person, look up the pictures on the web telescope. It will blow your mind. Uh, Are you even
0: paying attention? Are you just thinking of of uh, universe pictures?
1: You just gave the phone number and said everybody should call. I get it. I get it. But let's uh, have fun, too. Of course. All right. Well, moving on to our next uh, focus
0: here for today, we've got, uh, as we hinted earlier, a a short segment about whether or not you should go against the grain. What is the grain, first and foremost? These are things that you may hear about from a financial perspective that you're not sure you should or shouldn't do. Uh, Maybe it goes counter to common knowledge or logic or things that you commonly hear about. Uh, so let's talk about some of those and whether or not they make sense for you.
1: Well first what well, going the grain is doing what everybody else is doing That is the grain that is the grain it's like follow it's called in um, follow the pack follow the herd, the mentali- herd herd mentality you know everybody else is doing it so I'm gonna do it too. you get to be the black sheeper. Or- Sheep. You, you could, you could, you <laughs> could get to be the black sheeper. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Start, start us
0: off, Gabriel. I meant to say sheep. As long <laughs> I said sheeper. Right. Well, all right. So uh, let's talk about one I hear the most often, which is uh, when we talk about life insurance in retirement planning. Okay, the first words, everybody, almost everybody, not everybody, but almost everybody says is, oh, I don't need life
1: insurance. I'm, uh, my kids are grown and out of the house. Actually, the first thing that happens is they roll their eyes upwards. <laughs> and then they say, what? I don't need life insurance. What?
0: So, so what is the grain here? The grain here is the common thought that life insurance is only for death benefit when you have kids and for family protection. And the grain says that you no longer need that when you're in retirement.
1: Simple. Yeah. What do I need life insurance right, for? Right. That's the grain. So, so, Steve, why would you go against that grain? Well, life insurance has two benefits. The death benefit, which you always get with life insurance. The second benefit is that life insurance, if it's structured properly, is the most tax efficient vehicle that I know. Tax-free. Tax-free. Tax. Uh, everything passes to your kids, to your heirs, tax-free. Um, and, and has internal growth rates that are really pretty high.
0: But, but I think you said the key thing uh, that's going against the grain is that it's not about the death benefit when you're in retirement. It's about tax-free income potential that the, an appropriately structured life insurance policy could actually
1: provide for you. Yeah, so folks, it's very simple. You can buy life insurance with high death benefit and low cash value you can buy life insurance with high death benefit, no cash value, that's called term insurance. Or you can design a life insurance policy to have high cash value and a lower death benefit. Mm-hmm. So in retirement, we wanna build as much of that cash into the life insurance that can be used by you or your kids or when you die, you get the death, you don't get it, your kids get the death benefit, but that can be used by you for tax-free income in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a very common one, folks, and and today is just talking about the grain and why you should go against it, not a deeper dive into all these things, but uh, we're a big fan of, of tax free life insurance in retirement and it's a it's a way to diversify your assets and investments and it's a way to create much, much mo- much more favorable did I say enough much is there, much, much, much more favorable or tax free income in retirement. So if that's a big deal for you, that's one of the major sources that you need to take
1: a look at. Well said. Don't let the grain take you down. It's like being in a river, you know. The, the rapids take you down and you don't look back. Don't let the rapids take you on a lot of the things that we're going to talk about. Yeah.
0: So that was grain number one. Okay. Grain number two, you should not ever have debt.
1: No. Right. Well, I, yes, no. <laughs> Are you asking me, or is that, <laughs> no? I'm is saying that, that's the grain. That's the grain. The
0: grain, you know, the common wisdom you hear out there is never ever have debt. Pay off your mortgage as soon as you possibly can. Uh, make sure you never, you know, use any debt for any purposes. Just be debt free. Is the most common grain that you hear.
1: Well, that sounds good, and it's good to be debt free. It's that. not a
0: bad. It's not a bad set of advice it's not
1: it's not necessarily the best business decision might make you feel better it's like i don't have people say to me well why should i have a mortgage on my house i feel better because i don't have a mortgage on my house Mm -hmm. well if you're paying two and a half percent on a mortgage and you can invest that money at a guaranteed four and a half percent why would you yeah. You off your mortgage yeah
0: so so the thought here folks is you know if you follow the grain then by no way shape or form should you carry a mortgage into retirement should you have any debt and the question is you know maybe you should just buy your cars out in cash and never take out a new car loan or lease there's lots of forms of debt not necessarily now credit card debt that's the grain that I can get on board with it, it yep. just crushes you you yep. want to get that nasty stuff out of there but the other kinds of debt can sometimes be uh, positive.
1: Well, right? see what happens is that we get conditioned in our while we're growing up by our parents, by all the gurus out there saying no debt, no debt, no debt, no debt. So it's hard to make a business decision when you have that percolating in your head, like yeah. tape playing. You shouldn't have debt. Yeah. So,
0: so sometimes, for example, I will say if you get a car, uh, a car loan, and there are out there that pay 0% or charge you 0% over five years or six years for that brand new car. Well, some people say, well, I'm just going to take out a big chunk from my IRA and pay that down in cash. Why? And, and, right. I, and I'll say that. I'll ask them. I'll say, well, why would you do that? Well, I don't like debt. I'm not supposed to have any debt in retirement. Mm-hmm. I say, okay, well, let's let's unpack this a little bit. Well, if I need 60000 for a car and it's in my IRA or 401k, I've got to take out, what, 80000 because I've got to withhold money for taxes to get my net 60. And then I lose the future earnings power over the next five or six years of that 60, actually $80,000, all of that just so I can pay off the car in one lump sum. But feel, it's but feel, it's but, feel, but it's not but, char, but, but wait, the loan is not charging you any interest.
1: But wait, there's a reason they're paying it. They feel better. Yeah. So it's an emotional decision rather than a business yeah. decision.
0: Now, if if you truly have a zero percent financing option and you took that sixty or eighty grand and you put it in a fixed, uh, even just a fixed rate account that's earning you four percent over five years, uh, while you're taking out the money for the payments, four and a half. Actually. You know, you'll 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 come out much further ahead financially. Okay, yeah. so yeah. so that's the grain, folks. Again, we won't get into crazy detail here, but if just keep that in mind. Uh, sometimes you want to go
1: against the grain. So we probably have time for another grain or two. Okay. What do you think? I'm I'm in. Uh, I'm trying to think of something clever to say, like I'm I'm grain for it. No, that doesn't work. I'm. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm in. You're in. Okay. In. Uh,
0: well, grain says uh, uh, you should have uh, in retirement, um. You know, well, pr- before retirement, you should have six months of expenses and emergency funds always sitting in cash. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, some people carry that grain into retirement, and they think they need to have oodles and oodles of money sitting in cash in their retirement plans. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are your thoughts on how much cash one should have as little in as retirement? The, as little as possible. As little as you're probably comfortable with, right? Yes. Yeah. So what happens is in, in working years, right, when you lose your job, you typically you need money to cover that, right? That's where the emergency fund idea comes into play. But in retirement, the goal is to draw from your money. Which is why you save it. Which is why you had to save in the mm-hmm. first place. So do you still need such an extensive emergency fund sitting in cash? If all your funds are your available resources once you're in retirement, anyways.
1: Look, a lot, again, this is so emotional. You know, these are emotional decisions that people are making about finances. And the rule is you don't make financial decisions emotionally. People just like to see that. Ca- I have a client with two, a client, okay, has got $200,000 sitting <clears throat> in her cash fund for an emergency. Mm-hmm. Now, I can get her $200,000 in 10 days from her. Uh, from her investments yeah all right but oh but i i love seeing the cash in there (laughs) and i understand that it's like wow i got 200 grand just sitting there waiting for me but she has a lot of money sitting there waiting for her she just can't see it yeah yeah so
0: so that's one of those big ones guys is the rules change a little bit and you may still be thinking of an outdated grain of thought that you carry through your whole savings career that may no longer be applicable for you when you get into retirement so that's another way that sometimes these can work against us uh we'll do one last one here for today which is a very common one as well which is uh people have this grain of thought that they should never buy an annuity oh that's an old one yeah okay and and you still hear that from time to time
1: how much billion uh, gabriel you looked this up we were talking about it the other day well because
0: i was doing an income workshop and and talking about annuities as an option there uh, but it's a $250 billion per year. But nobody should buy them. Industry. Right. Okay. And so, folks, the the, the tapes that you're hearing is throughout your career working and saving, especially in, in probably 20, 30 years ago, you, you hear from your parents, oh, don't buy an annuity.
1: Old right? time. And if it was an old-time annuity, I
0: agree with right? you. Right. So the grain is don't buy new, And you still hear people today saying, you know, you shouldn't buy those things, right? They're terrible. Well, what I would argue, guys, is to is to think against the grain. That's this whole segment, right? And and keep an open mind to things that could actually be very, very good for you. Or question the grain. Or question the grain. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is a you know, in, the, in the form of annuities. You know, they're very popular. We have clients that love their annuities, and you know this. We're holistic. We do market portfolios. We do annuities, life insurance, tax plan. You name it. I mean, we don't care what you buy, but we want you to find something you really like. Mm-hmm. And some of our clients love their annuities. And 250 billion dollars a year of people will like them too. <laughs> they all can't be. They can't all hate them. Hate them, <laughs> right? Or or be dumb or something like right? that. Right. So so think about that. And this isn't an, an annuity pitch, and we won't go into detail here. But uh, if you want guaranteed safe income growth options, uh, that's what that product class is for. Could be worth your your exploration and attention. All right so that's our show here for today guys we talked a little bit about the inflation reduction act of 2022 we'll see what happens with that we talked about some common grains here you should pay attention to uh should you use life insurance that was one uh should you be totally debt free that was two uh should you avoid annuities that was three and then the, uh, don't forget the Webb telescope. How much? How much cash? Wait a uh, sec. Don't forget the web and of te- course go check out this new. What well, you don't even know what it's called. It's the Webb telescope. The Webb telescope.
1: Yeah. Got to look at those pictures. (laughs) Go look at those pictures. Let us
0: know what you think. Uh, If you have questions, call us 847-499-3330. Book a 15-minute meeting, right? If you haven't, if you've been on the fence, hey, I should call these guys. uh, Do it. Uh, Give us a call. Uh, We're fun to talk to. We'll spend some time together getting to know one another and see how we may be able to help. Or you can go to our website, sglfinancial.com, click Contact Us, write in your questions, and we will go from there. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Stay well, everybody. All right, talk to you soon. See ya. Thanks for listening to Our Two Cents with Steve and Gabriel Lewitt. For any questions about your finances, give SGL a call at 847 499 3330. Or visit us on the web at sglfinancial.com. And be sure to subscribe to join us on next week's episode. Investment advisory services are offered through SGL Financial LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Insurance and other financial products are offered separately through individually licensed and appointed agents.